I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer. My guest this week is Dr. Brian Brown, um, speaking to me from across the pond in the States. He is the founder of a company called Optimal U. He's also the host of the Optimal U podcast. And interesting backstories, a former psychiatrist who's battled with depression and antidepressants and other health issues. What he now does is helps high-performing CEOs reach an optimal state of wellness. He's the author of a new book, which is out very soon. I've just had a look at the cover called Happiness Hijackers. His website is www.briangbrown.com. Brian, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Thank you, Leanne. Thanks for having me. No, absolute pleasure. Let's start with your story. It sounds like a very interesting one, perhaps starting wherever you like, but interesting to hear how you've intersected psychiatry with, with helping CEOs, you know, chief optimal wellness whether you still practice or not, I don't know. So tell us a bit about your story and, and the type of health issues that you've had and how you've overcome them. Absolutely. So approximately 10 years ago, I had a professional midlife crisis. Now, this was at the crossroads of a major health event that was going on at that time. I had been on a journey where I was 16 years into struggling with depression, had been on nine different antidepressants, had gained up to almost 400 pounds. And, you know, it was just, I didn't feel good. I didn't have any energy. I had brain fog. I was trying to run a business of my own. And it dawned on me one day that I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And that was a twofold message because I couldn't keep doing what I was doing professionally because I felt like there were no answers in the traditional medicine box where I'd been trained and I couldn't keep doing what I was doing to my health. Mm. So there had to be a twofold change in my life. So anybody that knows me will tell you that when I make a change, it typically is very radical and it's well thought out, but it's very radical. So I was on the verge of closing my office practice down and I went to a conference and was introduced to a gentleman that introduced me to functional and integrative medicine. Mm -hmm. And that started my journey to wellness recovery. What I found out through my journey, I'd been misdiagnosed with night terrors at age five. And it was an interesting, when I was in my medical training, they teach us that less than 1% of children will actually carry that into adulthood. So I questioned my professor about that. And they just kind of brushed it off and said, well, you're in that less than 1% category. So if you've not had any problems now, you're probably not going to have any problems. It's just one of those things that happens. So I didn't think anything more about it. And then in the 10-year range, I was driving on the interstate one day and I had a breakthrough episode like a night terror during the day. Heart racing, shortness of breath, felt like I was going to pass out. And I would wake up like that multiple times every night feeling that way. 
well, I have a friend who's a cardiologist. I pulled into his office. Long story short, it took about four days to get the full cardiac workup done. And when they got the monitor results back that I wore for 24 hours, my heart had stopped three times in the middle of the night. And all this time that had been missed. So what the consequences of that were, and I call these hidden imbalances. We all have hidden imbalances. Not all of them are this extreme, but we all have hidden imbalances. And the hidden imbalance for me was I had heart damage due to being electrocuted at age five, and it was never picked up on. So it caused a cascade of events in my life that ended up damaging my adrenal glands and caused me to gain weight, caused me to have anxiety and depression, and so on and so forth. Now, mind you, I mean, I'm 50 years old right now. 10 years ago, I was in 40, and I was starting to also feel the decline in my hormone output. Now I know from my postgraduate training in functional and integrative medicine that around age 32 for men and 35 for women, we start having a 1% to 2% per year decline in hormone activity. And that's all hormones. Mm -hmm. That's uh, male and female hormones, and that's thyroid hormone. So the joke in the functional and integrative medicine community is how do you know a person at age 45 has hormone depletion? It's because they're age 45. Hmm. Now, nobody likes to talk about this and things like that that will actually come into play here, natural thyroid medications and so on and so forth that will come into play to help correct those. But now I am, you know, 150 pounds lighter than I was at 390 pounds. Wow. Well done. And the average person in the Western world continues to gain about one to two pounds per year or about a kilogram per year. And I tend to take off at least two to five pounds per year. And it's just the repairing of the adrenals that's come into play in that particular arena. Mm. So, yeah, I jokingly tell people that I'm the guy that literally died 14,600 times Mm -hmm. if you add up all those years Mm. and live to tell about it. Mm. And the cardiologists were actually pretty amazed that I was an adult that was alive with this condition. Right. So very blessed, very blessed. Indeed, yeah. So... In effect, you're saying that what caused the weight gain and the depression and so on was the likelihood that the electrocution, which is a whole story in itself, I'm sure, and the effects that had on your cardiac health that were just not diagnosed, just not picked up. Right. Yeah. Right. That's correct. And had it not been for that electrocution, I probably would have gone down the path of traditional medicine the rest of my career. Yeah. But because I had that event and it took that kind of toll on my body over the course of 40 plus years. It forced me to look outside of my medical training to find the answers. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found them. Because even knowing that the cardiac condition was the issue, we then had to work on, okay, what are we going to do to repair those adrenals? What are we going to do to get the hormones back in balance? And when those things started taking place, I came off of antidepressants Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to say I've been off of antidepressants for years now. Yeah. Because we got that corrected, that hidden imbalance corrected. Yeah. And I, I say congratulations for that. I know it's not everybody's goal to come off antidepressants and it shouldn't be the ultimate goal for people necessarily. But right. it obviously that's something you wanted to do. So congrats and congratulations on everything else you've achieved. So how did you go about healing yourself? What were the first steps that you took? You've mentioned hormones a few times now, so I'm guessing that was probably one of the initial ones. But, but tell me. Yeah, I think, you know, you have to start with the basics. 
you have to take care of yourself. You have to start eating correctly, eating clean, organic foods, and you have to exercise. If you're not doing those two basic things, those will help the adrenals start to repair. Those will help the hormones to get back in balance. And I would say for before I discovered what the actual root cause was, I had actually started a couple of years before that journey and was starting to see a little bit of progress. So you have to start with the foundation essentials, and that's eating clean, organic food, eating healthy, not eating processed food, not eating sugar, eliminate certain things from your diet like corn and white potatoes and wheat. And, you know, that's heresy to some people, but it's the world that I live in because I'm trying to protect my adrenals at all costs. Mm. So with those things in place, the next is hydration. We have to hydrate. Actually, before we go to hydration, can we yeah. just, just explore the adrenals a little bit more? What are the adrenal glands? Where are they in the body? And what is the significance of them when we talk about health and the health of the nervous system? Yep. The adrenal glands are situated right on top of the kidneys. And their primary function is a fight or flight mechanism to release adrenaline when our body needs it. In my particular instance, my heart would stop. So my brain would sense that my heart had stopped and send a message to the adrenals saying, please release adrenaline now. Mm -hmm. And it would jumpstart my heart back. Thus, the reason I was waking up with the panic and the anxiety and the shortness of breath, because adrenaline will elevate your heart rate, make your breathing more rapid, so on and so forth. The problem with that is, is when you constantly dump adrenaline all the time, you get a release of cortisol that comes right behind it. Now, that's a rudimentary mechanism that's in place that goes way back three, four, five thousand years to our original ancestors in that when they were running towards something that they were trying to kill, an animal for food, and they missed that animal with that spear or, or that rock, and they had to turn it on the other way. Their body was preparing them at all costs to run as fast as possible, to breathe as efficiently as possible, to have elevated heart rate, dilated pupils, and to be able to move forward as quickly as possible. But the cortisol came along to stimulate the immune system just in case they got bitten or scratched or clawed. The immune system would already be activated to go into effect and protect that person from dying. Mm -hmm. So that's the rudimentary mechanism of the adrenal system. In modern day society, we don't have animals that we have to run from. We may have some crazy drivers that we have to avoid from time to time, <laughs> but we don't necessarily have animals that we run from. So the things that stimulate our adrenals now are the things we eat and the things we drink. Alcohol is a huge stimulant for the adrenal glands. Sugar is a huge stimulant for the adrenal glands. I know many people do biometric measuring with something called the iWatch now or the Apple Watch. If you're mm -hmm. obsessive about your Apple Watch, you'll know, or if you don't know, you should do this. When you eat something, test your heart rate within 30 minutes of eating. Mm -hmm. If your heart rate goes up significantly, there's something in there that your body is sensitive to and your adrenals are telling you, listen, we probably don't need that. Mm. So did that answer your question? Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, I just think it's helpful for people to understand what the... Um, so learning about how you can control the adrenal reaction, I suppose, is an important thing. Awareness is, the, is an important thing. And then going about doing things that, that aren't overstressing the adrenals. Right. You know, we talked about diet and exercise, but right. exercise obviously is, is hormetic, isn't it? Because you can over-exercise and put further stress on the adrenals. So everything is finding the right balance. That's exactly right. 
it's finding the right balance. Very personal, yeah. It's very personal for individuals. You were going to talk about hydration. Hydration. So it's really simple. I try to stay away from plastic as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I use a stainless steel one liter bottle that I can measure my water intake with. And my goal is four liters per water per day. Why four? Why four? Yeah, because there's so much talk about how much is enough, drink to thirst, don't drink to thirst. Right. You know. Yeah. So speaking on that just for a second, when you have somebody that's just starting out and they're not a big water drinker, invariably they will always tell you that I'm not thirsty. I don't like water. They'll tell you one of those two things, sometimes both of those things. What happens to the brain is, is it cuts the natural thirst drive off. If you're not hydrating enough, it will not torture you because to send the message to your body that you're thirsty, you're thirsty, you're thirsty is just is torturous. So it will cut the natural thirst drive off to not drive you crazy in your mind. But when you start drinking water, you'll actually develop or acquire a thirst for more water. Now, I, I will tell women that three liters of water per day is sufficient. Men have a larger body mass index, so four liters of water is more sufficient for them. If we don't drink enough water, you were asking the question, why four liters or for men or why three liters for women? If we don't drink enough water, we get toxically loaded, okay? We have detox pathways in our body, the lymphatics, the urinary system, the digestive system, and then all kinds of detoxification pathways inside the cell. And without proper water, which our body is made up of mostly water, the cells die, the lymphatic system shrivels up, the GI system doesn't function like it's supposed to, and the urinary system doesn't function like it's supposed to. So we want to keep those detoxification channels open as best we can. Now, again, it goes back to balance. Some people are more sensitive to getting rid of their electrolytes, and therefore they may have cramps and things like that. That's actually kind of diagnostic that if you're drinking three to four liters of water per day and you're developing cramps, you may have a condition called leaky gut, which is related to the autoimmune disorders. Mm-hmm. That's another conversation for another day. Mm. But the bottom line is it may mean that you're not absorbing your minerals like you're supposed to, and you're just kind of flushing them out too readily. So if I've got someone that I suspect has leaky gut, they're starting to have some minor cramping or brain fog just from drinking too much water, which is very rare. I'll put them on a multi-mineral and they generally snap right back out of it. Mm. But typically, drinking three to four liters of water per day is one of the best anti-anxiety and antidepressant medications that you can give give your body. Really? Yeah. For for what reason? Just elaborate. Well, we really don't know the mechanism of action other than we know that it adds proper hydration. If our body is mostly water, the brain is twice that much. Mm. And our body needs so much water, but our brain needs even more. And one of the most active areas of the body outside the heart is the brain. It never stops. The heart and the brain never stop. And they require the most nutrients, the most electrolytes, the most fluid and water intake, the best nutrition in order to function properly. And in order to take and uh, take care of the toxic load that can build up from working so hard, we have to flush those out with proper water intake. Mm. It's interesting. So I interviewed somebody called Tim Gray, who is running a summit, a health optimization summit in September. So next month here in London. And his biggest tip for optimizing health was hydration as well. Mm. 
And it it isn't one that you hear much. It's a little bit almost old fashioned to talk about hydration, I and mean, it shouldn't be. Uh-huh. But now we're talking about far more detailed biohacks and you know, morning yeah. routines and rituals and everything else. But actually, coming back to the good old basics, you know, a clean diet eighty percent of the time, a personalized diet. You know, figure out what your body likes, what it doesn't. You talked a bit about gut health. You know, eating things that don't cause inflammation in the gut hydrating well, moving well, sleeping well. A lot of it's just coming back down to basics, isn't it? It is. We can overcomplicate this. I want to ask you, so what are some of the uh, a CEO walks into your office? Firstly, actually, do you still describe yourself as a psychiatrist or you've mentioned functional medicine? Would you say you're more of a functional medicine practitioner now with a psychiatry angle or how would you position yourself? Yeah, I think once a psychiatrist, always a psychiatrist. Do I actively practice psychiatry every day? No. I do inpatient work one day per week in order to keep my license and my my skills up to date. Mm -hmm. But that's it. The rest of the time that I'm doing functional medication, functional medicine, integrative medicine. And when I say integrative medicine, I don't know if that's a new term for your listeners. Possibly. Yeah. Define it. It would be good. Yeah. Integrative medicine simply means that we don't throw away traditional medicine. It's the blending of the two. It's Mm -hmm. a blending of functional medicine plus traditional medicine. I still use antidepressants in my practice. As you said, there are some people who do not need to come off of their antidepressants. And there are some people who never had any depression symptoms prior to age 40. And then all of a sudden around age 40, for women that may be perimenopause, for men that may be andropause, they start becoming melancholy and depressed. No one can quite put a finger on it. So they give them an antidepressant. And that's typically what I see. So for me, that's an ideal client when that person walks in the office and they're saying, I'm on an antidepressant, I'm 45 years old, I've been on it for three years, and I've never had any problems with depression before in my life. Well, there's probably a hidden imbalance there somewhere that you just can't identify and your traditional primary care provider or specialist even can't find it because I was trained the same way they were. Mm. Once I went and reskilled in functional and integrative medicine, I learned how to identify those things. Mm. And halfway through my first year of training in integrative medicine, I had this epiphany, uh, this sadness really of all the patients that I had missed and misdiagnosed throughout the years. Mm. And I couldn't lie in that place too long. I just said, okay, we're going to move from this point forward and help as many people as we can. Yeah. I think it's a clever move as well to blend, to literally integrate, you know, the psychiatry, traditional medicine with functional medicine. Okay. So, so to my question, when somebody walks in, busy, tired, stressed out, CEO, what are the first sort of things that you'll do to help understand what's going on for them? So we go into what I call, I use the de novo pathway. De novo is Latin for a new, to make a new. And the D in de novo stands for discovery. We have to go into an extensive discovery phase, whether it be through their history or through diagnostic testing, in order to understand that client that's come in the door to the minutia of detail as best we can with the technology that we have today. So once we have that data, then we go into the E phase or enrich and expand. So we take that information and we kind of expand it. We marry the diagnostic data with the historical data. And then once we have that, I'm starting to form a list in my mind of top priority things. Now, part of the enrichment and expansion phase is extinguishing 
because there are going to be some things that rise to the top very quickly that go, oh my God, we've got to take care of those now because if we have problems for us in the, in the short term. Mm. I'll give you an example on that. In the States, there's a, a weight loss show called The Biggest Loser. You guys may have had that in the UK as well. Yeah, I think so, but certainly I've heard of it. Yeah. So one of the personal trainers on there, his name is Bob Harper. Now, Bob Harper probably is 8% body fat. He's just an Adonis. He's a picture of health. And about two years ago, he had a heart attack. And uh, when I heard that, I made a mental note to myself that Bob Harper had lipoprotein alpha. Lipoprotein alpha, it's one of the smallest cholesterol particles that we know of, identified in the late 1960s, but nobody knew what to do with it until about 10, 12 years ago. And they realized when they started collecting data on it, it was 300% more predictive of heart attack and stroke-related death than any other particle that they knew of. So sadness is that there's no LP little a or lipoprotein alpha on a traditional cholesterol panel. In fact, most providers, if you ask them to draw one, they wouldn't even know what it was and they wouldn't know what to do with it because we're not taught that in school. Mm. And most cardiologists dismiss it altogether, despite the fact that there's a mounting plethora of data uh, out there that says LP little a is a dangerous particle. So that would be one of those things in the enriched and expand phase that we would actually extinguish very quickly. And it can be done very quickly. There is no big pharmaceutical drug that actually treats it. The two things that treat it are niacin, and it cannot be a flush-free niacin. It has to be in a, a full niacin, nicotinic acid, and testosterone. And that's a little tricky because if a male or female is not in the perimenopause or andropausal phase, you can't put them on testosterone just to treat LP little a. Mm. You can go ahead and put them on a B vitamin, that B vitamin niacin. But that's just one example of what I would do there in just the first two steps. Then we go into the negotiation phase. And this is the phase where we've got all of the big things extinguished. We're going to negotiate between me and you and prioritize our top three. These are the first three things that I think is most important, and you're going to come up with the first three things that you think is most important. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to come up with a true top three blending of our list and start working on those one at a time. And then we're going to move into optimization phase. Optimization simply means we take you from normal, which is where you are now, to optimal. And let me explain that a little bit. If you look on a laboratory diagnostic panel, on the right-hand side margin, there will be a reference range called the normal reference range. I'm 50 years old. So the reference range for me would be my lab value compared to every other 50-year-old male. So I tell people, if you want to feel 50 years old, then treat yourself to those reference ranges on the right-hand side. But if you want to feel better than 50 years old, then we're going to have to imaginarily lie and say you were 25 years old and mm. shift those reference ranges. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in functional integrative medicine, we're trained to know those reference ranges for age 25 to 30. That way we know what the optimal ranges are. And those are the ranges that we shift people into to treat them into the optimal range. So that's the O phase of de novo. The V is simply validate. 
validate, are we getting the results that we need and we promised on those top three items that we negotiated about? And O is simply just own the fact that you're moving into peak performance and actually move into peak performance and start putting measures in place that actually move you into setting the stage for life longevity. So that's the de novo phase. That's the pathway that we carry a CEO through. That's the pathway we carry everyone through when they come in. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, we share a lot of philosophies in in our approaches. We don't have a medical standpoint, uh, my business particularly, but it's all very, very personalized, highly personalized is what I'm Highly personalized. Approach. Yeah, which, which I love. Unfortunately, we're running low on time. Give us a quick pitch on the book. When can we expect it? How can we get it? What's it about? Who's it for? The book is going to be out in December, 1st of mm-hmm. December, and it's called Happiness Hijackers. And it's the subtitle of the book is How to Navigate the Eight Most Common Happiness Hijackers in Midlife and Beyond. So you can feel better, find balance, and avoid antidepressants. Love it. Great. Well, come back on the show once it's out and talk to us about it. I'll read it. And then let's have you back on maybe early next year and and talk about some of those eight things, eight happiness hijackers. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. So your website is www.briangbrown.com. What are your preferred social media links? Instagram and Facebook. Okay. So we'll post links to those in the show notes. Do you have your handles to hand or should we direct people to the show notes for those? Direct people to the show notes for those. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. Are you working with Ryan and Daxi? No, but yeah, I think I've got them in the one page that was sent over. So we'll put all that in the show notes. Okay. Brian, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. It's a discussion I could have had for a great deal longer. <laughs> uh, we've got very similar ideas and philosophies, but I want to thank you for your time and do come back to talk to us when the book's out. Great. I will. Hey, Leanne, I do have a question for you. Yeah. If you get a chance and you think today's content was valuable, if you'll just leave me a shout out, you can message me on messenger leave me an audio shout out or something like that yeah or a typewritten little short shout out saying that the content was valuable and i was a good host yeah interested in finding out what your health iq is jump on our website www.bodyshotsperformance.com and click on take the test It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.